Favorite Degenerates back with another day one Dolphins podcast hosted by your forever wrong friend. Ouch. Follow me on Twitter at YFinsYY. Here with me is my fellow lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, the crystal ball seeing, Miss Cleo Premonition having, Nostradamus Chief Sut. Please follow him on Twitter at Chief Sut. Today we have a special guest, Zach Ware, Finns fan who knows our most recent opponent better than anyone, having lived behind enemy lines. Please follow him on Twitter at WareZach, Z-A-C-H. Follow our podcast, Twitter at Day1Dolphins. Stay up to date. We're going to get down to it. All right, boys. What's going on, Sut? Let's start it off. What, what, what's your first thoughts today? My first thoughts today. <laughs> Shout out to my boy Solo D, because we cooking buffalo. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else really wanted it to be that way where it was that much of a, I guess, heart racing finish for not just one drive and then the butt punt, but then that whole next drive was just as stressful. And like, I can't count how many times I packed the just like back to back, like trying to keep my hands from shaking. Like, I don't know how uh, Zach handled being at the stadium. That was probably wild. But those were some tense moments, boys. And that was some, again, we're watching some of the best football we've ever seen. I know, like, we joke about me calling 3-0 and early on. But, like, in the manner that we've done it is beautiful. Like, you, Coach McDaniel said you can't write a better script. And you really can't. But, like. Fairy tale stuff that we're seeing here. Dude. Zach was at the game. Zach, what was, like, the energy like there? I know you've, we've all been to a couple games. I know you've been to a plenty of them. I mean, comparatively, yeah. there was a lot building up to this game. We saw the Bills release a video of them trying to take over, you know, what they thought was Miami, but it was really Fort, Fort Lauderdale. Lauderdale at the Elbow Room, and we ain't never going to the Elbow Room. None of us. None of my homies with the Elbow Room. Yeah, bleep it out, them. But what was the energy like? So... So I, I, in Sutton, knows last year we were down there, uh, rolled in to an awful game, but you know, Buffalo fans show out, but yesterday just had a different feeling. Uh, tailgate was different. Even the Buffalo fans, they were kind of saying, you know, they were making their excuses in the parking lot. But once we got to the game, you know, uh, a little jealous. You had the, the packs because I was just slugging beers, but, uh, that fourth quarter was insane. Um, the, probably the loudest I've ever heard it down there. And I can tell you the post game people were in the parking lot for at least two hours. It was, wild. Oh man, that's the post game party, brother. Those, <laughs> yeah. those are only on big wins. And that's yeah. when people don't want to go home. Like nobody, nobody yo, was leaving. Yeah. I want to say it was that bears win when, uh, Cody Parkey missed the field goal and we got the ball back and we kicked it in one. Like, Oh, that game minute. was crazy. That was the Brock Osweiler. That was Brocktober, baby. That was Brocktober, right? baby. That was Burrow Wilson. Yes, sir. Burr All the boys. That was a post-game party, dogs. <laughs> I remember that. That was insane. That was Cody Parkey, dog. That game what? went under the rug. Like, that was one of the best games of football played that entire season, and they did not even spotlight it. Like, that was an insane game. The longest game in NFL history was played that season as well. And it was uh, just Titans. completely swept under the rug. Yeah, that was the opening game, bro. That was my first year with season tickets, and I'm like, huh. It's wild. 
didn't that Bears game kind of te- tease us a little bit? Like, didn't it, it almost give a, like the Adam Gase years a chance? Like, I feel like it, we had it gave it okay. hope. Yeah, and then we just we fell on our face again, but not this year, not this year. Yeah, it was. Um, I remember we got sued or not sued. They fined us because Vegas had us losing. You know, and the Bears favored. The Bears were undefeated at this point. I'm pretty sure this was like their that was like their their push year, like where their defense was still oh, really Trubisky, strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah the Trubisky. big money Mitch year. Yeah, they just paid money Mitch off of that year, and we they, they had him starting off of it. Like trash. we didn't designate Brock as the starter in time. So they were really mad, as if they had a better chance one way or the other. Let's be real. Brock, awesome. But they find the Dolphins because they're like, we didn't expect Brock to play. And, you know, we know he plays good in October. So it's not fair that <laughs> Vegas lost all this money. You have to pay for it. They didn't want anything to do with Brock the <laughs> baby. They knew what time it was. <laughs> that boy went off. Brocktober. I was running him in fantasy because I was having court. I think that might have been the same year that Carson Wentz got hurt when he started off the season hot and then went down and it was like foals. I was bouncing between Brock the Joey Flack, just all these elite end of season garbage time quarterbacks. And it was a struggle, but Joey Flack, he's looking elite this year. Hey, he's we got him five. in two weeks. Hey, tell tell Joey Flack uh, he better keep Zach Wilson at bay. Like, I don't either know way, if you're a Jets fan how you could justify taking out Joey Flacco this time. Like, I just don't see it. You shouldn't. Like, even though he's the future of the franchise, you know the franchise ain't going anywhere. If he's hitting right now, you guys, you guys already upset the Browns. You almost upset the Bengals. Like, keep him in. Yeah, they upset me just in general as a franchise. But back to the Bills game. Um, what a game. First half, I took some notes. Um, you guys are just – I'll go one at a time, see what you guys think. Um, immediately, I kind of noticed the repetitive issue that we have with Stefan Diggs. Now, I can only imagine how much worse it would be if we had somebody else covering him outside of Xavier Howard. Thankfully, it was X Man, but even Xavier Howard, it's like it's Stefan Diggs has his number. Am I, you know, am I tripping or? I mean, you're talking about a top three route runner in the NFL. Mm. He's underrated. He's underrated with his hands as well and his speed. Like people forget about that playoff game that he won for them in Minnesota. Like Stefan Diggs is elite. So I completely understand getting got and, you know, a perfect bass beats perfect coverage. So. It, it's okay. If X has a couple of uh, weaknesses and all we can do is slow him, there's certain guys where all you do is slow them down. So slow him down, and that's what he did. True. Yeah, he uh, he honestly, I feel like uh, Stefan plus the scramble ability of Josh, it's hard to cover him for that long. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you got to uh, come off your man once you see Josh yeah. running. And I and I I will say I don't think X is having his best year. He's still he's still the man. Don't get me wrong, but like he's not even in the top twenty. QB QB ratings right now. Yeah. Is he is he hurt or is he old? Like, do we have a problem right now? He's 29. I don't think we have a problem, but I think that he set the bar so high for himself and for us fans that just like you don't expect we can just go ahead and segue into another note that I've took it, you know, that we all notice is how many dropped interceptions we've seen, which is completely mm. out of character for the not only Xavier Howard, but the Dolphins in general. Right. You know, that's kind of like how we've thrived in the takeover, the turnover game. And I'm watching Xavier Howard. He's in the last two games. He's had the ball hit him in the hands like three or four times and he's dropped every single one of them. That's so just is something Jamon that Holland. 
Javon caught caught one, but yeah. We could have bet money before the season against an opposing fan that that wouldn't have happened, you know? And here we are, so. Yeah, I agree with that. So with Xavier Howard, you expect him to catch it more times than not. When we were at the practice this year, the first thing you notice is that he looks like a receiver, bro. And like mm-hmm. when he's running with receivers, you halfway can't tell which one's the receiver and which one's the corner because X is so fluid. And it is uncharacteristic of him to drop this many, but let's not forget and, you know, let recency bias kill us. Week one, he did have that beautiful tip back to Javon in the red zone. That was very clutch. And even though he didn't catch the one against Baltimore or the one yesterday, those were still huge pass deflections that would have been big completions had they been completed. So even though he didn't catch it, that's still a knockdown. That's still a big play. Like... They should have been pick sixes. I feel like week seven, week eight, Xavier Howard, that's a pick six. He had the Ravens game end done. See you later. You talk about the turnover battle. Like, that's where our bread and butter is. Bro, we're still winning it every game with us dropping five interceptions, four interceptions a game. That's terrifying for the rest of the league. Yeah. Especially for the rest of the schedule including this week. Even though it's a short week, our defense is probably a little tired, but our defense is so young, bro. I halfway don't want to hear that tired thing. Like, we have enough rotational guys on D-line. If Melvin Ingram's a little tired and sore from the game, I completely understand. My man is older than my dad, so, like, he might need a break. Something that I thought was kind of interesting was they, uh, leading up to this season, they were talking about Josh Boyer's conditioning process with the defense, and he would basically have them run like high school drills, you know, like suicides and like up downs and stuff like that until they were gassed and then practice would start for defense in the sun in Miami. You know, he's trying to get them used to like last year, we looked at our defense, hold it down for 90% of the games we played. And the offense was the reason that we couldn't win the game. The defense always left left us in a position to win and then it was unfair the amount of time that they had to spend on the field. Like no other team that was as competitive as we were had their defense on the field at the rate that we did. And it's like this year, instead of being like, all right, you know, obviously you want to use your offense to keep them on the field and as opposed to your defense so much. But at the same time, it was like they went into this with the with the mindset of like, hey, if we're going to be on the field for 45 minutes every game because our offense can't do it, let's make sure we're, we're ready. Let's make sure that we're cool with that. And that's kind of what it looked like. And think about this. It's not just this year or even last year. 2019 was Tua's first year starting. Think back to that Rams game when he threw for what? 97 yards? Seven and a half yards, I think it was. <laughs> Yeah, and we won, <laughs> you know, yeah. but, and we beat a Rams team that won the Super Bowl the, what, the next season or the season after that, two seasons after that, like, they're a team that was pretty well put together, and yeah, Jared Goff was bad, but like, our defense manhandled them, oh, made goodness. them look like a high school team, and carried Tua, and this was another game where they didn't have to carry Tua. Tua did what he needed to do in the limited amount of time he was there. I guess we can jump into my biggest note, which is probably something every Dolphins fan noticed. Going into the season, on paper, the two things that could stop us were obviously injuries, but throw that out because that goes for any team, and every team's strategy would be to just keep our offense off the field. If you just don't have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill out there, Tua can't throw deep passes or quick passes and they can't break on you. And 
the Bills did that to a T. They Very destroyed well. us with time of possession. They converted so many third downs. They did the same third down shit we talked about on the episode before that we talked about in the preseason episodes that on third down, you need to keep at least one to two spies on Josh Allen because he's going to look around. He has no intention to throw it. He's going to tuck it and he's going to try to run someone over or make a move and just run for the first down. And he did it a thousand times, bro. God, over he is- over again. Like a and machine. he just bounces, and he bounces off people too. You like, you got him. Like we're close. It's not like he's yep. just running away from us, like Lamar did. It's just a different, just a different yep. species. He's a different species, man. And it's, it's always third crow. and fourth down. You're right, though. Like I was laughing at the time. Kevin Harlan's like, he is special, and I was like laughing at the time. But like he's right, man. He is special, and that's yeah. It's it's oh, no. it's always third and fourth down. I mean, we can talk. I haven't written down like Zach Sealer had him by the jersey on fourth and two, and he just yep. slithers his little ass out of there, no problem, and converts. Eric Rowe had him on third and six. He gave him a little wiggle. Uh, Landon had him. Jalen Phillips a couple times. Even the last play of the game. Yeah, everybody but Jerome. Whenever it's Jerome on him, he locks him down. And this is my problem with us not having a solid second linebacker. Because if we could commit Jerome to just spying on him and we had a competent linebacker that could cover Devin Singletary or cover whatever thing that we have Jerome doing, Jerome takes away Josh Allen 100% of the time. He's faster than him. Go ahead and run that bro you're not shaking jerome baker he pff graded he's our number one tackler bar none so i'm so glad to hear it if 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 we had someone else to just handle that bro it's a wrap but the second we take him off devin singletary devin singletary busts one for 15 yards on the landon roberts bro oh it was so bad it's it's so easy to see it's and like and josh allen's smart enough to know okay 55 spying me i'm just gonna throw it right at 52's head and like it's a completion i can just roll a little bit and make it look like i'm gonna run he's gonna push up on me and i can hit something i can hit isaiah mckenzie in the slot because this other guy's gonna bite too like some of those guys play scared of him and some of them don't and it's phenomenal to see melvin ingram show up and not be scared of him javon holland has no fear christian wilkins is in his ass every single play letting him know that he's soft like Bro, Javon Holland played 91 snaps. Insane. All right, well, let me ask you this then. Because <clears throat> for me, it's a def- It's going to be a player on defense. If I were to ask you guys each what your – just pick one player of the game that you think was the most heavily impactful player. Zach, if you had to pick one player, who would it be? Melvin Ingram. Uh, Javon, J- Javon graded out fantastic. What was he, like a 90? on PFF his best game as a pro but Mel Ingram dude he is there's something electric about him he's got like this magnet to the ball like him just scooping up that that strip shack from Javon obviously but Mm -hmm. he's always there and he almost housed that too he almost slipped out of that he's crazy and he got a sack himself I think did he get two or did he have one I think Uh, he had two he did have two I think he had two and then it's not only the. I mean he did have two on top of six total tackles and a hurry Three hurries. Three hurries and a hit. I was going to wait to see what you said, Seb, but Melvin Ingram is 100% the person that I was going to choose. And Love it. They were dropping him into pass coverage. There's one play specifically, <laughs> I think, in the first quarter where Melvin yeah. Ingram is dropped into pass coverage at the goal line, and it's third down. 
and you see him flip the switch and make the decision to drop back out of pass coverage as Josh Allen commits to the run and stop him behind the line. Big, big ass dude. You know, Josh Allen is hard to bring down like that, especially mm-hmm. while he's on one leg going left or right, and he just did it. And it's something that we've seen a lot of our defense struggle with, and Melvin Ingram just looks like he is up for the task. That can, that in, in, uh, with the sacks, that with, you know, that wasn't the only time he was in pass coverage either. He just has a nose for the ball. Like you said, he scooped up that, that Javon Holland forced fumble. He scooped it up week one when it was... Um, Brandon Jones. Brandon yeah, Jones Brandon Jones board. knocked it out. And he's just... If you look at this one, if you go back and play it from the Bills game, he's still behind the line of scrimmage being blocked when the ball gets knocked out. And as soon <laughs> yeah. as like the crowd roars, and uh, I guess maybe the linemen notice, oh, hell, there's something going on behind me because oh. the crowd's roaring. Melvin Ingram just like... I can't even put the the video in slow motion and, and catch like what happens. He's just there. Boom. He goes from like being blocked to having the ball in his hand. No problem. With no no gloves on too. My favorite part of him. Yeah. He's he's lightning. Just one hand. Yeah, it's amazing. So if you if, if you want a PFF stat in thirteen pass coverage snaps, you're right. He did run snaps. He graded higher than Brandon Jones, Alandon Roberts, and Jalen Phillips in pass coverage. He only graded <laughs> at a forty eight fourteen or forty eight point four, but Either way, still higher than Landon Roberts. And I guess Brandon Jones, That's that might be skewed, but I don't really look at him as a pass coverage guy. Eric Rowe is kind of the guy that's going to be the safety to guard a tight end. I look at Brandon Jones to blitz and play the run and shit like that. But I do agree. Uh, Melvin Ingram was crazy impactful. Uh, but I'm going to give it to Snowman. Uh, the second person I would give it to is honestly Christian Wilkins because of he just basically taking away the run himself. There was no Raekwon Davis. John Jenkins held his own, but Christian Wilkins mentally, emotionally, physically was just the heart and soul. And the amount of plays that Javon made plus missed. If he takes that interception down, like that ends, that almost ends the game right there. Mm-hmm. He had another couple of run plays where he uh, almost stripped the ball. And it's like, bro, if he pulls another fumble out, like at some point in this game, like, I don't know, man. That kid is insane, and he brought it every single play. Yeah, I, he loves I, football. I, I, you can just see it. He, he he's so on like when he gets out on that field, he's just he's happy. He's a hundred percent happy. Him and Christian, and they're two. They're almost two different ways, but they're very similar because they're playful, but they're also absolute savages, bro. Who was not as playful? Who was a little bit more reserved and like kind of more serious? He's a little bit more joking when he wants to be, but Javon is a clown. And <laughs> Christian's a clown, but they're also getting players to like burst. They're getting Josh Allen to push his helmet off when he should be ejected and like getting some sort of fine and reviewed. But like, it reminds me of Draymond Green. Like, you only like that player if he's on your team. Otherwise, you absolutely hate him. And I can imagine every team that watches Christian Wilkins <laughs> and sees him yelling and talking and annoying and ripping towels off their players. I hate him when he was in college. He was. He pissed me off when he was in college, and then he came in our team. I'm like, this guy's amazing. Yeah, he just, he's fun. He's so fun, though, man. He's so fun. And then he runs out on offense when they score. Like he's just everywhere. He's just, he's the he's, first person down there, bro. Every time someone scores on offense, he's down there doing the waddle dance with Jalen. He's doing whatever. Yeah, bro. he has extra like, gas in the tank because he knows he has to do all that. Uh, I'm just like, dude, calm down. You're about to be back on the field in 10 minutes. He doesn't care. He brings it every f***ing play. Like Jalen Phillips was missing again, huh, guys? That kind of sucked. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I, I I got a bunch of stuff that I don't want to complain about too much, but there was a lot of stuff to where like Jalen Phillips just even if he wasn't getting the pressure that we needed, there was just missed tackles, man, like really important tackles. He also had one that was on third down in the second half of the game. I think it was a running back, and, yeah. and Josh Allen dumped it, and he had both arms around this dude's waist. Or no, he we was kind of, it was Devin Singletary, and he I was had, about to say his, Singletary again, bro. Singletary broke him off like three times. His body was on top of him, and it was just sad to see. And like, dude, your whole thing was what a athletic specimen you were. We are supposed to have you running sideline to sideline, and t- you're supposed to be handling Josh Allen as a threat. And here you are just getting treated like like you're still a rookie, man. Like, it just can't be like that. He's he's a, he's You got to hold him at a different standard being a first overall pick, you know, first round. Like, we, gonna, we, we need to see a, some impact. He did get a little bit better with the pressure at the end of the game, but I think that's a product of the Buffalo Bills de- uh, offense being on the field for so long, you know? They were tired and he wasn't because he's used to this. And I think you're right. We do need to see some more because, bro, that tackling is not it. You're you have a job and OK, you did start getting the pressures at the end, but we needed them early. We need you to finish. He, he only got broken off by Singletary two or three times, but there was about three plays, four plays where he was there on Josh Allen and could have made a play and he missed two. There was one specifically where like Josh Allen yep. broke him down and like yep. broke his f-ing ankles. And it's yep. like Jalen, that's not good enough, bro. And you're Josh Allen was doing it to everybody. I was seeing a couple people, Javon Holland, Brandon Jones. Josh Allen's just Yeah, yeah, he's about that life. There was one run where it looks like it's gonna be on. If you were to take Josh Allen's greatest plays ever, like he had one run in the second half of the game where <sighs> it was Nick Needham. Nick Needham's coming off the corner. Oof. And he's got him dead to rights. And he just, Aye. boom, boom, see a Nick. Boom, boom, see yeah. a Landon. Then he's got like three like three of our guys. It's like Javon and X and are on him, hanging on his back. And he gets an extra five yards. I'm just like, Jesus this, this is what kills me about Phillips. reason I bring him up. Three games, right? Three games in. Zero QB hits. Zero sacks. Only four tackles for losses. You got to make a big, you got, and then, and, but That's we insane. get his impact back. And then, Van on, Ginkle, man. you know, we haven't seen anything of him because of that appendix surgery. You know, he's just getting his weight back. So hopefully between those two guys, yeah. that's, that's a spark because I, I do feel like our depth is going to be tested this year. And some Ogba, bro. Ogba is showing up, but not as much as we're used to, especially with like the batted balls. I mean, we've played against way better quarterbacks the last two games, so I get it. But uh, I, I don't know where we would be without Melvin mm-hmm. Ingram. Yeah, <laughs> if, if if Andrew Van Ginkle was out and we didn't Oof. have Melvin Ingram at that exact position, it would be a drastic difference. Like, I mean, deciding factors of the games that we have won and lost. Agreed. Difference. Agreed. Yeah, um, I, I I appreciate him. If you guys could pick right. a player on offense, although you know they were only out there for like thirty something snaps or whatever, but um, let's see, Zach, who would you give your your uh? player of the week on offense too if i could give it to three people it would be bob hunt gotta give it to big bob hunt the guard bobby yeah he kept him clean all day best game as a pro Uh, we're on the same page connor williams i mean connor williams has been you know he had maybe a one or two bad snaps the first game but boy he's been he's been exactly the center we need he's so athletic he's tough he's mean he's nasty and then i mean armstead he, he erased von miller 
But Von yeah. Miller had one pass yeah. defense, and his whole stat sheet was clean. And and I think we all can agree, Von Miller has been a menace, a menace the first two games that I at yeah. least I've watched. So I I, yeah. I would give it to those three guys, but if I had to pick one, it's got to be Bob Hunt. I love seeing these guys we draft. Twenty six years old. I mean, the bright future. I think it's all exciting. He's a great human, and he's a beast. He's top ten. And his at his respected position by according to PFF at this point, which awesome. for me honestly I only the only weight I put into PFF these days is lineman. But he's top Bro. ten at his position, and he's looking like if we whiffed on every other lineman in the last three drafts that we had, we have him. I'm happy. He looks great. Mm-hmm. He's he moved seamlessly between two positions, and held his own at both good at tackle he played guard just as well as he played tackle and then like whenever uh little came back and he could bump back into guard like it was all good like he <laughs> doesn't he does not complain he just gets right after it like he's we he's were right. keeping jesse davis around because he could play guard and tackle don't bring that name up now we got a guy who's a better guard and a better better tackle and Ugh. can do both he always was Jesse Davis. Ugh. Yeah. It just it, it didn't make sense. Well, well like we're we're into we're invested in Jesse Davis for why? Because he's large. Was like like no, Robert Flores. Robert Hunt is clearly better. And like he has no coaching. He has no idea what's going on. And your boy Larnell Coleman popped in for a for a oh, spout. Joe. He popped My in for a spout. His long, long ass arm, Larnell. That is the longest arm man I've ever seen. Bro, I told you guys the day we drafted in that group chat that that last year's seventh round tackle would be a better lineman than Liam Eikenberg, and it is still up for debate. All right, it may not be proven, but it is debatable. Eikenberg. I think Lee. I think Liam is not making a case for being good. at anything this season he is by far our worst lineman and our biggest hole on the line yeah you got to play robert jones more like i'm sorry every time robert jones plays i know he comes in you know six plays a game but he grades out pretty well he played well last year i think we we played him at tackle if i'm not mistaken last game of the season last year and he held held his own Against New England or somebody, yeah, he was he was decent. So I would give him a shot if Eichenberg keeps throwing up like thirties on PFF. It's bad. I mean, even PFF, just look at it. He gets blown up, and he and like if there's if there's somewhere where I know there's gonna be pressure, it's wherever. Like, the problem <laughs> is, is that is, like, Eichenberg mentally looks like he's 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 checked in. Like he gets he gets the offensive scheme. He understands his assignments. He gets beat because he's just simply not the athletic version of an lineman that you need to block some of these guys that they're, that we're playing against. It's just simple as that. But uh, you look at the play like Jalen Waddle, our first touchdown versus the Ravens that Jalen Waddle play, it was Liam Eikenberg and Trent Sherfield laying the hammer down on the left side. And it, if it wasn't for Liam literally just nailing a beautiful block, it wouldn't have been a touchdown. So I don't want to... I don't want to throw him in the trash, you know. I would be the first person to do so. You got you boys know I I hate his guts, but he he has his moments. So I understand why he's out there, but he's definitely the look weakest at, link. Look at the maturity on this show. We're we're we're, we're just turning cheeks on guys so and like wise. believing in guys that we don't really like that much because you know it's best for the team. And there's not, there's not a lot of shows out there that are like, you know what? I was wrong about this guy. Or like, nice. you know what? I don't like him, but he might be able to get it done. Yeah, he's saying, and, okay. He's, I hate him. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not saying I like him. 
But give me more, uh, give me more Bob Jones. But if we were losing, he's done. He's done. If oh we yeah. Were oh yeah. Oh yeah. If we're two, if we're two and one, or even or if we're one and two, like we're, I'd be we're, screaming we're, about we're, Liam. We're cutting oh. him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cut his ass. Cut his ass. But this is what bothers me about PFF. So it gives Greg Little worse grades than Liam Eikenberg when it comes to blocking. And I feel like Greg Little played either decently or maybe I was just inspired by him consistently no. just coming in with his f***ed up finger. He had a hell of a game. And he had yeah. a hell of a game last game. He has been a pleasant surprise. I mean, he's been in the league for how long? And I think he's playing his best football right now. Uh, the guy, it's probably a testament to the coaching staff that we've already touched base on so many times. We have all mm -hmm. this questionable talent or all these young guys or all these old veterans who are washed up from other teams and every single one of them is playing their best version of football under this offensive line coach and coaching staff like i don't know what it is i don't know if they give them before the game like the like the old dude from san francisco did but coach forrester shout out for coach forrester um but yeah, they look way better and it's just serviceable. You know, it's not that big of a difference in like the personnel that we have. You know, obviously we got rid of Jesse Davis, but who knows? Jesse Davis might be playing well better compared to last year, you know, with this coaching staff based on how everybody else is taking a jump. You mean to tell me yep. Austin Jackson's our number one right tackle right now and we're sad he's hurt? Come on, man. So uh, Matt Applebaum, our offensive line coach, in one of the interviews the other day, they asked about like, oh, so how do you feel about how, uh, I believe they asked about Liam, how he played last year compared to how he's playing this year. And every single time he gets one of those questions, he goes, well, they were asked to do something different than they were asked to do this year. So that's not a fair comparison. And I'm not going to do that. And then he just moves on to the next question. Every single time he's asked that. Respect. Bro. And he handles those very well. I think our offensive coordinator, uh, Frank Smith, handles every press conference like a boss. He knows every single one of the, uh, <laughs> I was about to call them mean names, uh, the reporters. Uh, he, he knows their names. He calls them by name. He answers everything like as with as much like info as he can give, but like without like saying too much. And like he's very respectful. And I'm like, damn, we have like a competent coaching staff that like is... That knows what they're doing, bro. They just get it. All the defensive coaches relate so well. Boyer stayed over and then added to what he already had that was working. So, like, I don't you, know, bro. You're always a super cheery, optimistic one, you know? So I'll give you it, and I agree with a lot of it. But now that we've gotten over how great everything was, you know, we'd be remiss not to mention some of the things that were worrying us. We already touched base on Jalen Phillips. Um Landon Roberts, Liam Eikenberg, you know, Xavier yeah. Howard struggling with Stefan Diggs, reasonably so, but still happened. Still no run, no run game. Still got no run game. That's that's my biggest, biggest, biggest thing. Like our run okay. game looks like it only exists when they're committed to Tyree Kill, which was kind of the philosophy going into it. But now that you see that it's limited to that, it's kind of scary. I just, but why why are we sticking to it when it's clearly not working? I threw it in the group text a couple times and like I could probably go back and look at the game. But specifically in the fourth quarter when it was clear that we had no run game, right before it was third and twenty two, it was so far because we kept trying to run the ball, getting stuffed, getting flags. Like oh. the only actual productive offense we had is when we threw the ball upfield. And at that point, why are we even trying to run? We're not setting up an RPO. No one's biting. And then when we do try to RPO, it just gives them more time to 
Petra Tua. So I would rather us in circumstances like that just say, it when we're backed up on our goal line don't try to run it two times hit a slant to, to hill or cheetah or something or a drag like that's, that's do anything but run football, it though like i agree that you're not running the ball appropriately Zach Bro, we're might, getting blown up Zach and that was also safety but you got to think you're so you got to be committed to it you got you have exactly you have to commit to the your your back is in the your own end zone there's no potentially throwing a, an interception on second down here. You know what I'm saying? Even if Tua is the most accurate guy, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, I don't care who you are, your back's against the you know goal line here. You're not. You're either stepping out of bounds like Dan Orlovsky and Jimmy G, or you know you're you're throwing a questionable pass and you're five yards away from them scoring a touchdown. So given the score and the situational football here, some people were calling for just let even the announcers were like let the safety take place you know you'll get better field position just let the safety take place so i kind of understand it that being said i don't know how you kick a punt into someone's ass (laughs) um that was crazy and i guess it's even crazier that thomas moore said the punter is a 15 year veteran he's like 50 years old or 40 years old or something so he's had one block punt in his entire career so i was like all right we're solid no no worries but i guess the end zone's a 10 yard 10 yards as opposed to the 15 yards that you normally have when you punt and trent Sherfield took like three steps back not even thinking to try and help block um, otherwise it might have gone off yeah all right, so I'll agree with that. I'll agree with you. you. Do have to stick to the run, and you have to set up the pass and that whole number. But it is hella concerning that we just cannot run the ball. We're mixing it up between Edmonds and Mostert, and we see little, little tiny flashes of both of them like getting after it. But the it's goal hard line to complain. Looks good. I mean, he scored two touchdowns right when you put Chase Edmonds on the goal line, and there was holes. I mean, Robert Hunt was saying, mm-hmm. "Move, this is a touchdown." So. In the red zone, it looks okay, but yeah. I, I mean, it, if we're ever in a game where we're severely ahead and we need to run the ball consistently to like keep the game going, I would I would be concerned for sure. I would also, I don't want to freak out and call it too early, but I am concerned with Xavier Howard. 100%. He looks, he looks, I don't know, he looks weird. But if you remember the last time that he looked weird, it was when he had a groin injury. He had pulled his yeah. groin and he was struggling with it. And he, that was when he kept coming in and out of the game and this and that. It's going to be hard. This bye week can't come any faster, man. But at least Brandon, I mean, uh, Byron Jones comes back after this game. So y'all ever pulled your groin or hurt your groin? Uh... That sucks, bro. It's hard to walk around. It's hard to do. I, I couldn't imagine covering Stephon Diggs. I couldn't imagine covering Gabe Davis. It was like. it was absolutely. Let me mention one thing you said earlier. It was an absolute fire zone down there. It was so hot. It was like 110 degrees on the field. Absolute scorcher. love it. I like. I was not expecting it to be that hot so so late in September. You know. So I will state that everybody was the Bills were just so worn out. That picture of Josh hugging Tua at the end. You know. He's just, he's so tired, he can't even stand up. It was hilarious to see. He looked like a warrior. I don't want to give the Bills too much props, but it's crazy seeing the caliber of player like that out there giving it like, I mean, that's 100%. That's 110%. Everything he had. So We should have sacked him on that last play, too. We should have sacked him on that last play, and he got out of it. Yep. Are y'all, are y'all going to give the, uh, the Bills credit because the sun was really hot, and that's a reason 
why they lost or are you going to give people justification when they try to say that here comes I, fi- I filed an osha complaint against the uh, hard rock stadium they're just yeah. you know just in case undercover so. boss is on his way there for this next home game you know what I'm saying? Like, we should complain about the cold when we go up there in December. Be like, man, this stadium's too cold. You guys should get a dome. Um, Tua's right. trainer said something interesting. He's like, yo, he's like, James Cook, not tired from the heat. Uh, Devin Singletary, not tired from the heat. Tua, not tired from the heat. Maybe y'all should come down to the Florida and train a little bit more often. You know, you wouldn't be stressed about this. You'd be used to this. Hey, man, I'm used to this. Devin Singletary, he, he's something. He is something. Yeah, he's ever since he trained behind Frank Gore, dude. Ever since Frank Gore was up there, that he took a step, they became like best friends. It's us specifically, though. He's kind of whatever ever outside of when he plays the Dolphins. But the game last year that Tua got hurt, he busted that like fifty-yard run completely untouched. Like that's very undevin Singletary. Like he does uncharacteristic and plays out of his mind when it's against the Dolphins specifically, especially in South Florida. And I apologize if anybody hears any snoring. My dog is just going ham back here. He's been freaking out about the weather. Good for yeah. him. Yeah. Good for him. He, he is be. he is sleeping hard on the couch. I mean, That's how many attempts did Devin Singletary had nine rush attempts, bro? So nine. yeah, I pulled his splits up just to just to reference it. So and you're right, like his stats aren't really that impressive for his career, but for some reason against us, he averages literally like a yard more a carry. And yeah. then, but it's through it, the air, it, right? It's like the dump off. It it's is. not him rushing. He, he averages almost seven and a half yards a catch against us. Yeah, you know so what that's I mean? the so Josh like, Allen effect. And then he returned. A, I think he returned a special teams play. I want to say a kickoff. I think that was his other touchdown where he, he burned us a couple of years ago. So yeah, that Fort Lauderdale man comes down here and he, he gets he gets all souped up to play. Boys from Florida are built different. Even if you're on uh, wearing dark blue, baby. He's got his cousins in FAU jerseys sitting somewhere randomly in the stands just talking. Oh, sh- on to Cincinnati. Are we done talking about these bozos? We beat the out of them. No, we- I'm not done. Jerome Baker deserves so much praise for this game, dude. Like everyone's been giving him a hard time saying that he's not good in stopping the run, this and that. But like he gets asked to do more than than a linebacker has been asked to do for the Dolphins in like 20 years. Ever since uh, Flores came into town and started conditioning Jerome Baker into this hybrid linebacker, which is not the kind of linebacker you thought you were drafting to begin with, he's been called up to the task and he's learned how to do it. He's yep. he's so good when it comes to going sideline to sideline with his speed and he picks up the slack of other people. It's just... This was a big, big game for Jerome Baker, especially because of what I see other people saying on Twitter and other opinions about him and how he's a replaceable talent. And it's no. just crazy because it seems like it's a, it's always the Bills game when he shines. I, Jerome was a madman, and he's been a madman against the, the Bills every time he plays. He And do you know what the best thing is? He plays. Like, he's always on the field. Like Yeah, I, never I'm, takes a snap off. No, like, he, like that, and then he has he's missed one game his whole career, and I think it was a COVID thing. Last year, it's crazy. He's played sixteen games, like that's insane. So he's every just every day, durable guy. It. And I thought Raekwon when we drafted those Ohio State guys back to back. I had my money on Raekwon being the the linebacker yeah. who was going to work out for us. But Jerome so did I. Exceeded all expectations, and dude, he's still twenty five years old. Yeah, Can we talk about the youth. It's 20, ridiculous. Twenty five years old. 
you know, Javon's 22, you said earlier. That's insane. That's crazy. That's insane. But cornerback, I know we were circling around it. I, You know, Xavier, Xavier, Xavier. We definitely, like, when I look at, like, what's on the horizon for what we need to invest in, like, Kahoo's been great, actually, like a revelation. But you got it. We got to find a yeah. young. No way in it. We're not going to even bring his name up because he's not yeah. even active half the time. And but even Cater, even that is. Cater was slipping a couple times this past game too. He looked like Noah. Like he's he's just running and not turning his head around. You know, Did he's you see there. that play he made on Gabe though. Like yeah. he punched the ball out. That was like that's some. Did he? Did he make the nice. play on Gabe or did Gabe drop the ball? Oh, Gabe's, uh, Gabe, Gabe's, Gabe went one-handed with it. He got a little lackadaisical for sure. He was he was about to celebrate like mid-catch, and then like Kahu's like, nah, not today. Boom. Yeah, but that was they're, a big They're overconfident. Play. They're very overconfident. Didn't they bro. hold him that that touchdown after that? Yep. Yeah, Yeah. So that was like, the, 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 the one hop that we know if our QB threw that, it would yep. be, oh, man, Colin Cowherd would be sitting there feasting on it all day. Eviscerated. Yeah, it would be on every news outlet. It would have ten billion bajillion plays. Just like it would be unreal. I watched and Chris I'm, Sims and Mike Florio go on and on and on on about Tua and this concussion thing too. And it's just course, they it's same thing they were doing with the Tom Brady allegations. They're just going to run this story over and over again until they feel like they got the Dolphins under the microscope by the NFL that they want. Like they're they clowns, both of them. And Dolphins are sticking yeah. to their guns. It's his back and his ankle, but uh, I don't give a f- about Colin Coward. What about Mike Vick's ankle? What about Cam? I mean, Mike Vick's uh, had dirt in his eye. Remember that? What about Cam Newton's ankle? That was all what, remember? It was never a concussion. It was Cam Newton's ankle that made him stumble. And Mike yeah. Vick got dirt in his eye. He wasn't concussed. Come on, bro. Yeah, he passed, yeah, him. He yeah, passed yeah, the yeah. protocol. Just he threw a third and 23 bomb to, to, to win the game. Like, let's just be cool. Oh to finish us uh jerome's job every buffalo game could be purely to spy josh allen and then the other linebacker handles singletary or handles Knox or handles somebody out of the slot or whatever else jerome's asked to do so he could be asked to do less and could just spy josh allen when that happens bills are not a problem anymore especially if we solve the cornerback issue before it's actually an issue before x and Byron Jones are ever out, and we're down to Cater and Nick and Keon Cross and type of yeah. yeah. They're good. They're developing. That's solid, but I would definitely like to see this. Maybe this 49ers pick, use that on a linebacker or a corner. No, Use no, our no, second-round no. pick on that. That first-round pick's going straight to that Alabama pass rusher if it's top five. that's Everyone's oh. going to take an offensive player, and we're, we're taking that, that pass rusher. Willie you can Anderson. never, ha- yeah. Oh, you can never, gosh. you can never have. You enough. think it's going to be top five? I, I mean, did you I watch Jimmy play the other top day? Top ten, top ten. Yeah. I'm going top ten. It's not going to be top five. There's some really bad teams out there. Like, well, yeah, but it'll definitely ours is going to go to defense unless there's just like a Quentin Nelson level guard out there to just instantly hey, replace that Liam. Texas. That Texas running back though, I know we don't really need a running back. Like. We don't get me hot and bothered but up like, here dude, talking kid, about first round kid, running backs, dude. And he's that from Texas. You. you know we love our Texas running backs. Rick, dude, Ricky 2.0, dude. Don't, don't, oh. don't do this right now. Robinson. Um, the Niners' next few games. Uh, Rams, Panthers, Falcons, Chiefs, Rams, Chargers, Cardinals, Saints, Dolphins, Bucks. Seahawks, Commanders, Raiders, Cardinals. I mean, it ain't no walk in the park. Those Cardinals, Rams, Seahawks games, they're all divisional. They might beat the Seahawks and the Raiders. 
maybe 500 at best. I don't see them winning yeah. more than, like probably half yeah. those if lucky. I mean, the Falcons, the Falcons have played competitive every game, and I think they just what they beat the Seahawks this week, right? Dude, so they're, Mar- they're not Marcus bad. Mariota has been he ranks top five in almost every um, like exotic QB metric like, that you can look next gen stats like uh, completion percentage over expected or air yards or just like anything. Marcus Mariota is up there in the mix, and honestly, I'm rooting for the guy. I hated him because you know I'm, I'm rocking <laughs> with FSU and that year when the Oregon dogs. ran that nonstop. Didn't ever take a second, no huddle, just down your throat game. I hated it. And then he got drafted um, above Jameis Winston, right? He got drafted ahead of Jameis Winston. Right behind him. Right behind him, actually. Or what, right behind him? One-two, yeah. It was one-two, but yeah. He's he's been playing good. It's a Hawaiian quarterbacks, man. They're having a good year. They're having a good year. To his younger brother, almost had that comeback the other day, too. They're talking about bringing him to the U. You need to do something, but we're not talking about them today. We're talking about a three and O team that's doing really well. <laughs> the, and the FSU, <laughs> <laughs> not the Miami. Shout out my boy Alvy, Alvy dog. I hope hey, you listen, yeah. Alvy. Damn, but hey, I will say uh, that Travis kid is solid. I knew he was solid when he the Hurricanes last year, but uh, he's. I think he's a real deal. Yeah, he looks pretty good, man. He looks like put together. He's athletic too. Um, any closing thoughts to close out this this Bills win, guys? We know a lot of excuses that you hear from the Bills about injuries, this and that. I mean, we kind of touched base on the on the amount of ball time that they had. They had 40, 40 plus minutes compared to our nineteen and some change um, time of possession and efficiency wise. In those nineteen minutes of offensive possession, we scored more points than the Bills could in their 40-plus minutes of offensive possession. Um, so I don't want to hear anything from any Bills fans about how, oh, our defense was injured, this and that. Well, your offense had 40 minutes of shooting it straight down our defense's throat, and you couldn't get the job done. So, yep. Um, anything Bye. else you want yeah. to add? It's the most exciting game that we're probably going to see the Dolphins win in this first month. So, Zero and seven. They're zero and seven in one score games the last two years. The Bills. Wow. Think think about that. And they're wow. hailed. They're hailed as the you know the second coming of the the Patriots dynasty. They yeah, by win. them. They're the ones that coined that. Oh, I don't know oh, where they get off. The media. The, the media's been on their dicks for a oh, yeah. while since last year, and then they had the big duel with the Chiefs. But even even before I heard that stat on the show notes, I put Josh. Allen has no clutch factor. Tell them I said it because he does not. The very week before we watched Tua having these guys give the ball to Connor and line the ball up to the ref and just sprint to the line. And he's orchestrating that and making sure everybody's on point. This same week we watched Josh Allen not do that to close two halves and it cost them the game. So I don't want to hear he is not clutch, bro. He up in the first half getting all cocky trying to run one extra play and then they didn't line up properly and spike it so they didn't get a field goal off that field goal would have won them the game because they would have been up at the end and then at the end they didn't line up and snap it after McKenzie got like the yardage I guess they felt like they needed they probably should have just kicked it before that maybe just I don't know got to the 
mind and had a plan, but they didn't. They were tired. They were worn out. Josh Allen is not clutch. Everybody wants to crown their ass. Well, I'm not crowning their ass. We did not let them off the hook. The Bills are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. <laughs> so if you want to crown their ass, and crown their ass. Crown them. <laughs> crown them. Yeah, I mean, they, they beat a, a 2019 tank team. They beat a 2020 still some leftover tank in that team but you know they were a better version but it's not like and they almost lost to that team yeah preston williams catches that ball we win that first game it's not even just that that first game we were within three points they beat us by a field goal at the end of the game and they targeted noah igbenogany when he came in for uh, byron jones repetitively and they got two cheesy touchdowns off of that exact matchup so like Let's not act like you guys have just been some dynasty blowing us out of the water. You've got to take advantage of our piss-poor roster for the last few years. But, hey, we have the caliber of talent on offense that you guys have now. How does it feel? They don't like it. That's play. That's play. But what a great win, man. I mean, we can't be any happier than that. Um, I'm going to wrap this one up. Uh, We're going to move on. A couple of days from here, we'll release an episode talking about the Bengals, previewing it. It's going to be a Thursday night football game. Super excited. Not sure if two is going to play or not yet, but we're going to take some notes, see what we, how we feel about our chances heading up into Cincinnati on a Thursday night primetime game after coming off this grueling, blistering hot matchup with the Bills. Once again, please follow me on Twitter at YFinsYY. Follow Chief Sut at Chief Sut. Follow our good friend Zach Ware at Ware Zach and tune in next week to get our predictions for Cincinnati. Fins up mother. Peace. Miami has a dolphin the greatest football team we take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen we're in the air we're on the ground we're always in control and when you say Miami you're talking Super Bowl cause we're the Miami Dolphins Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one, Death River, Miami.